Praise the Lord. It's time to look to the Word of God. Today I want to speak on the rainbow of covenant, the rainbow in the sky, in the clouds. One of the most beautiful sights in the world is the rainbow suspended in the clouds after the rain and the sun pouring, the sunshine pouring on and through that in raindrops of color. It's a wonder of the Lord. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God, <clears throat> the beautiful rainbow in the sky. <clears throat> a week ago on Friday, a week ago from last Friday, I woke up early in the morning, and like the Bible says, I sleep, but my heart wakes. And I woke up to a vision in my spirit. The Bible talks about the imagination of the thoughts of the heart. And it's sometimes your body and your physical being is catching up to something that's going on in your spirit during the night. Because while his beloved sleep, God's gifts are given. And the fire never goes out on the altar. And I found myself waking up and I had a prophetic vision in my spirit of a rainbow, beautiful rainbow shining upon the earth. And I found myself comparing the colors of that rainbow, which I've never done before, to truths and the knowledge of the Lord. The red, you know Roy G. Biv, don't you? The red to the blood of Christ and the orange to the Holy Spirit fire and the yellow to the presence of God, and the green to fruitfulness, and the blue to the heavenly color, and indigo and violet, and I just gave the message away, but <laughs> let's not close it out, but linger for a few points this morning. The rainbow of covenant. Think of the colors and Perhaps God will speak to your heart this morning in some area that you need direction. I want to go through the rainbow of covenant today, the rainbow of promise. The rainbow was first given after the flood of Noah in Genesis chapter 9. After God had judged the world for its sin and unrighteousness, the retributive wrath of God came upon that antediluvian civilization. And God brought Noah through the flood Noah and his family, eight people, stepped out as the seed of a new earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud. And it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud and I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I will look on it, God says. I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Rainbow given to Noah after the flood, circa 2500 B.C. And it was a sign of a covenant that God would not destroy the earth by the waters of a flood. That judgment had come and washed away a filthy world. And I want to relate the scene of Noah and the flood to us today and to, to again remind us that for the Christian, judgment is over. For the Christian, the judgments of God have fallen upon an ark, Jesus Christ, 
but we are in that ark, Jesus Christ, and we have exited an old world of unrighteousness, a corrupt old world of unrighteousness that is under the judgment of God. In Jesus Christ, we have been transformed and we have been translated into a new kingdom. We have stepped out into, the, into a new world of righteousness. We've come through, as the Bible portrays it, the waters of baptism and stepped out onto a new world wherein is righteousness and we have landed on Ararat, which means holy ground. We are a holy people to walk in the righteousness and holiness of the Lord. Hallelujah. The rainbow of covenant, the seven-colored rainbow that God set in the clouds. Now, there's another rainbow in the earth today, but it only has six colors. It's the number of man foisted upon an undiscerning and unsuspecting world instigated by the rulers and the powers of darkness. But we don't want to linger there because the Bible says it's shameful to even speak about those things. There's such a shame in it that the Apostle Paul says it's shameful for us to even speak about that. But we look on the covenant of God, the rainbow of God. It has seven colors. God protected his rainbow. It has the seven colors that shine, and there's truth, and there's life, and the knowledge of the Lord that is resting upon the earth. In December of the year 2000, I was returning from Manila, flying across the Pacific to Vancouver, and in the early morning, as the sun had not yet even broken over the horizon, 37,000 feet in the air, I saw a sight that I'd never seen in my life before and have never seen again. I looked out the jet window, and I couldn't believe my eyes because the atmosphere was the colors of blue, indigo, and violet, the purple and the blues, the dark hues were so predominant. And I, I watched this for a few minutes, wondering at the sight, and then the color changed, and the color green came into the atmosphere. And the whole atmosphere beside and behind, as I looked to the, out the window across the wing, was green with the color of the emerald. And then, a few minutes later, the bright and light colors, which we know as red, orange, and yellow, appeared. Those are the colors we predominantly see because of our vantage point on earth. And I, I wondered at the sight. I wondered at the sight, and I thought, what kind of conditions are in the atmosphere today that the, the atmosphere has been a prism as the morning sun has risen and the colors of the rainbow have fallen across the earth and earth bathed and earth bathed in the glory of God, in the rainbow colors of the Lord. Now in Ezekiel chapter 1, Ezekiel saw the rainbow and the glory of God. He saw the glory of God, the presence of God. He said, it's like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. So was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the kabod, the glory of the Lord, that ever-enfolding light and shining fire of God's presence. He said, this was the appearance of that presence. So when I saw it, I fell on my face and I heard a voice of one speaking. The appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. And in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 2, 3, John the Beloved is caught up into the throne room and he points out one predominant color that he saw. He said, immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. 
And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Rainbows of living color are in the presence of the Lord. Our worship ascends to the heavens as we stand on earth as ministering servants of the Lord. But the colors of the rainbow are in the heavens. And God has given the rainbow as a sign to the earth that men would look upon it and re receive understanding, receive the knowledge of the Lord. Because God is speaking and God is calling to every person on this earth. The rainbow this morning, first of all, the color red speaks of the power of the blood of Christ, the power of the blood of Christ. We are covered by the blood. When you look up at the rainbow and see that red, it should be a sign to you that you're covered by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. When God went to redeem his people out of the land of Egypt, Israel of the Old Covenant, judgment after judgment fell upon Egypt. Judgment after judgment against the gods, against the wickedness of Egypt. But there was no deliverance for the people of God until the night the blood of the Lamb was shed and applied to their houses. In that night, the people of God were set free. Our power is in the blood. We are set free by the blood of Jesus. It cleanses, it sanctifies, it delivers, it renews us. It sets us free from all bondage and sin and destruction. The precious blood of Christ. We honor the blood of Christ and what Jesus Christ has done. We used to sing a song, thanks for the blood, the blood of Calvary. Thanks for the blood, the blood that set me free. Thanks for the blood. Thanks for your love. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for bleeding. Thank you, Spirit, for leading me to the cross. How many are thankful for the red of the blood of Christ that covers? It's part of the rainbow. It's part of the demonstration. It's part of the display of the Lord upon our lives. The second one, orange. Orange speaks of the promise of Holy Spirit fire. Holy Spirit fire, a people on fire with the Holy Spirit. John Baptist said, there's one coming after me. I've baptized you with water unto repentance and remission of sins, but there's one coming after me. He's here right now, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. A people on fire with the Holy Spirit. A people on fire with the zeal of the Lord. And you can tell if you're on fire and if you're not. In Acts chapter 2, as the promised Holy Spirit was poured out on the New Testament church, the Bible says <clears throat> there was a sound as of a rushing, mighty wind. The Holy Spirit. And he, that wind filled the house where they were sitting, 120 believers waiting on the Lord, praying and seeking God. And there appeared over every one of them a tongue of fire because every person receives the flame of the Holy Spirit. And that flame was on their head, above their head, and that flame went down into them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, and they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I see the prayer rooms of this house of God. I'm blessed by Tuesday evenings to see Two to three hundred people gathered in this place, walking the aisles, lifting hands, praying, calling out on God, worshiping, kneeling in the presence of the Lord. But before we gather at seven, 
We have some youth and young adults that are here at 6.15 or 6.30 at the latest, and they're praying before their JC Revival youth meeting. And I see how our youth and our young, our youth leaders walk in this place, pacing back and forth. Some of them not even 13 years of age. Some of them barely 13, hands lifted, walking this place, speaking in tongues, calling on the name of the Lord. That is the Holy Spirit and fire. And God wants a church on fire with the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Peter said in Acts 2.39, for this promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until I send the promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit in baptism, power, and fire is the promise of God. And Peter said, this promise is unto you and to your children. Thank the Lord. And to all that are afar off, the nations, the Gentiles of the earth, and as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm thankful for the orange. I'm thankful for the fire of the Holy Spirit and power of God. The yellow speaks of the protection of the presence of God. The gold, the glory of God, the yellow, the covering over our lives, the protection of God. We live under the canopy of the felt presence of God and the power of God. Isaiah chapter four and verse five says, upon all the glory shall be a covering, the marginal a canopy, or a defense, or a protection upon all the glory, that is the glory of God. Upon the presence of God, there will be a protection. There will be a covering for the people. And we abide under the covering of the Lord. We're protected by the living God. He redeems our life, the Bible says, from destruction. He protects us and watches over us. Psalm 91 and verse 1 he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely He will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the grievous pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers. And under his wings you will trust like a mother bird, like a hen covering and protecting her young, her chicks. Jesus said to the people of his day, how oft would I have gathered you? Down through the centuries of the Old Testament, not just now, but how often would I have gathered you generation after generation, but you would not come. There's a canopy, there's a protection in the presence of the Lord as we serve God properly. And when you need help or you need assurance, just call 911. Psalm 91, verse 1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High, get close to God. Get into his secret place. Draw close to the Lord, and you will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We're covered by the presence of God. Number four, green, the prospect of fruitfulness. The prospect of fruitfulness, the capacity that we can have a fruitful life in God. The Apostle Paul prayed in Colossians 1.9, he said that we might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, unto all pleasing, that we might walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him. New King James says, 
fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work. Not some. Being fruitful in every good work. Not one area of our life that doesn't have the green of God's presence and fruitfulness upon it. Domestically, relationally, vocationally, spiritually, recreationally. It doesn't matter what area of life you touch. The Bible says that we are to be fruitful in every good work. Whatever area we have to attend to at the moment, we have the fruitfulness of God. We have the blessing of God on it. We work as partners and labors together with God, and we serve the Lord Christ in everything we do. Before we serve our wife or husband or children or people at our job or employers, before we serve anyone else, we are serving the Lord Christ, and we want to be fruitful unto God. Psalm 1 describes the blessed man. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scorners. The blessed man, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He shall bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not fade nor wither. An evergreen life. An evergreen life. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. Whatsoever he does shall prosper. Take that into your spirit today. Whatever I do, I will prosper because I'm going to labor for the Lord and I'm going to work with God and I want to become fruitful to every good work. Thank the Lord today for the green, a rainbow like an emerald. It's a call to a fruitful life before the living God. The blue, the privilege of a heavenly life Blue is the color of the heavens. It's the color of the love of God. My, it canopies us every day. This heavenly call, this heavenly life, and that we are reminded that we are raised up to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We do not walk the dusty roads of earth as the unredeemed men and women of earth that don't know the Lord. We live a life of dignity. We live a life in the heavens. We live a life of holiness. And sometimes when you are filled with the presence of God and the joy of the Lord and the word of God in you, you know you feel like you're walking on air because you are. Life in the heavens the Apostle Paul in Colossians 3 said, set your affection, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Set them on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Take on a heavenly dignity. Take on a heavenly position. Live in the blue of a heavenly life. He said, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be squeezed into the mold of this world. Don't be pulled or pushed to conform to the standards of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, a renewed mind. We rise in the heavens. We walk in the heavenly blue of a privileged life, the privilege of a heavenly life. Indigo, the provision of the word of God, the dark blue of the indigo. I liken this to the word of God because the Bible often associates the color blue with the Word of God. 
in a number of places and one that we know of quickly, know of quickly, the washing of water by the Word. The Word has the color blue on it. And so this provision of the Lord for our lives, the provision of the Word, we look up and we see that indigo and we know the Word of God has come upon our lives. You know, if I was going to start a bookstore, I'd probably call it indigo or <laughs> chapters or something like that. One divine volume. I'd only have one book on the shelf. Because everybody who'd walk into the store, that's the book they need to read above all others. One divine volume. 66 books. Chapter after chapter after chapter. The provision of the Word of God. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. These are, the, these are the words of the Lord. This is the knowledge of the Lord. This knowledge is not found among men. There is much knowledge that is found among men, but this knowledge comes from no man. This knowledge comes from the God of heaven. This is divine revelation, the mysteries of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus, it says, was the word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is associated with the divine revelation, with the Word of God. It says in John 1.14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh. The doctrines, the miracles, the life, the power, the character, that this word sets forth became flesh and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten Son of God. And if you read the Gospels, you can't help but be overwhelmed by the beauty of the Son of God, how he conducted himself, how he lived, what he did, how he blessed the earth. We, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and that word taught us how to live. Taught us how to live. In Numbers chapter 15 verses 38 to 40 the Lord instructed his Old Testament people he said when you weave your garments upon the hem of every garment every robe he said I want a fringe of blue I want tassels of blue I want the color blue sewn or attached to the borders of every garment because I want that to remind you of the Word of God, the commandments of the Lord. That blue on the fringes, those are the commandments of the Lord. That wherever you go, you're seeing the color blue. You're reminded, I must walk in the commandments of the Lord. You're in the marketplace, I must walk in the commandments of the Lord. I must deal properly, I must be respectful, I must be courteous to the retailers. The color blue is on my life. You walk in the home and you conduct yourself properly with sons and daughters and wife and husband with the Spirit of God on your life because the color blue, it's, it's there. We must walk before the Lord. We rise up in the morning. We put on our garments and you look down and I've got the commandments of the Lord upon my life and today I will rise up and walk in the commandments of the Lord and at night I'm reminded again of the commandments of the Lord as I clothe myself for the night, the provision of the Word of God. Thank God for the indigo. Thank God for the Word of God that's come upon our life. And finally, the violet, the potential of a princely rule. 
the potential of a princely rule for every Christian, that we can walk as sons and daughters of the Almighty in this world and not be moved by circumstances and emotions and by the whims of men, by the culture of the times, but that we can rule, as the Bible says, in the midst of our enemies. The color purple, violet purple, is the color of royalty. It's the cloth of kings. It's the cloth of kings. The Bible speaks of one generation of young men. It says, everyone was a prince, the son of a king. Everyone was a prince, the son of a king. And that's how God wants us to live. Psalm 113 says he raises up the poor, the poor in spirit, those who realize how bankrupt they are without God. He raises up the poor in spirit, those who humble themselves before the Lord and call out for his grace and his mercy and his word and his direction. He raises the poor out of the dust that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. How many are thankful that God has lifted you out of the dust and set you with princes, that you can rule and reign in life by one Jesus Christ our Lord, to rule and reign in life. Once we were dust dwellers, serpent's food. Serpent's food. Because the Bible says in Genesis 3.14, when God cursed the serpent, he said, dust will you eat. And the, and the serpent has fe been feeding on the dust dwellers. But those who of us who are lifted out of the dust, we are taken out of his domain and out of his realm, and we sit with Christ in heavenly places. What a glorious privilege is ours. I heard the message Monday night at the young adults. Royalty lives different than other people. Royalty eats different. Royalty acts different. Royalty conducts itself differently. Royalty has privileges that other people do not have. And the Bible says that God has made us kings and priests. Jesus Christ has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. Kings and priests, priests minister and kings rule. And God wants us to rule and reign in life by Jesus Christ and by the word of God and not be overcome by circumstances, not be overcome by the weariness of the world, situations that face us, but that we can rule in the midst of our enemies. Jesus Christ is ruling in the midst of his enemies, the Bible says. Psalm 110, send forth the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. That was the word of Jehovah the Father to his son, Jesus Christ. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Send the rod of your strength, which is the gospel covenant. Send the gospel covenant out of Zion and rule in the midst of your enemies. Jesus Christ is ruling in the midst of his enemies because not all his enemies have yet been subdued. And 1 Corinthians 15 verse 25 says, he must rule until all his enemies are under his feet. He must rule until they are. It doesn't say he will rule when they are. It says he must rule until they are. And God has offered us what a glorious invitation that we can rule and reign in life in Jesus Christ. We have the potential of a princely rule. 
Hallelujah. We can serve the Lord and walk in victory despite the trials and the circumstances and the difficulties we face because we have royal blood in our veins. The blood of Jesus Christ runs hot in our veins, and it's royal blood. Jesus said in Revelation 3.21, He that overcomes, I will grant to sit with me in my throne. He said, come up, be an overcomer. Come up and rule with me in my throne. View life from a different perspective and vantage point. He said, even as I overcame and am in my Father's throne, Jesus overcame as he walked through this life, and he overcame in death as well. But he knows what we're going through. And he knows that we need to reign in this life as well. Seven times over in Revelation 2 to 3, Jesus said, To him who overcomes, I will give. To him who overcomes, I will give. Revelation 2 and 3, seven churches. Seven times over, Jesus said, I know your works. Seven times to every church, I know your works. Because we need to be fruitful in every good work. And the Lord is definitely concerned with our zealous works and our good works and righteousness before him. Seven times over to every church he said, He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And to every church he said, He that overcomes, he that overcomes, to him that overcomes, the potential of a princely life, Listen, to be an overcomer, you have to come over some things. And you can rule and reign with Christ. Well, this morning, let's stand together. Rainbow of covenant. Rainbow of covenant. As we close out in worship, let's thank the Lord this morning for the power of the blood of Christ. Let's thank him for the orange, the promise of Holy Spirit fire. And make sure we're filled with fire this morning, filled with the Spirit and the zeal of God. Let's thank the Lord this morning for the yellow of divine protection, the protection of God's felt presence upon our life, that we're covered by the Lord in life. Let's thank the Lord for the prospect of fruitfulness, that we can be fruitful in every good work, that our leaf need never fade nor wither, and whatever we do shall prosper. I don't know what kind of words you're saying over your life and over your circumstances and over your children and over your occupation, but whatever we shall do shall prosper. And we speak the word of the Lord because the rainbow of covenant is over us. Thank God today for the privilege of a heavenly life. You can walk on air in the presence and power of God. Thank the Lord for the provision of the word, the indigo that covers you and shows you how to live. And thank the Lord for the potential of a princely life. You can rule and reign in the midst of your enemies today. No matter the difficulty, you take a reigning spirit because we reign through one, Jesus Christ our Savior. Let's lift our hands to the Lord this morning and thank him for the rainbow of covenant. Salvation of the Lord has come. The beauty of the Lord has come. Receive his healing. Receive his word. Receive his salvation today. The glory of the Lord. 
the glory of the Lord upon his people today, Lord.